Hi and welcome to another session of Bible study with Bumi. And I'm going to say hi to my UK listeners. Hope you're enjoying the warm weather, heat wave, whatever you want to call it. For those who are usually used to getting hot weather from whatever part of the world you're joining, please allow us in the UK. Summer completely forgot us over the summer holidays and then decided to show up the week that autumn begins. So it's quite hot here. So if you do hear a fan in the background, it's because I'm trying to stay cool during Bible study. Um, and tonight's Bible study is focusing on words. And really the phrase that kept ringing in my he head is, we belong to a kingdom of words. And I, the reason I say that is because I'm finding out in my conversations with people, I'm finding out that we don't realize the power of words. We don't realize the power of what we say. And it's sad that as believers, we don't know that. Don't get me wrong. I used to be the believer who didn't understand the power of words. But I remember an incident where my husband and I were speaking to the head of the marriage ministry. We weren't married at that point in time. And I remember that she was saying we should, um, you know, sort of talk about ourselves. So each person had to talk about the other person. Um, and he, I remember my husband saying, oh, by the way, um, Bumi is the word police. And that's as far back as 2016, before just before we got married, where he was like, oh, Bumi is the word police, meaning that Bumi is more likely to check what you're saying because Bumi is very conscious of the fact that what you say matters. And he has known that about me right from when we were dating to when we got married. And even now, the deeper I've gone in my walk with God, the more intentional I am about what I say, because we belong to a kingdom of words. How do I know this? When we're first introduced to God in Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter one introduces us to God. And then we first hear of him as a creator and he created using the words of his mouth you know one of the scriptures i really like is found in hebrews 11 verse 3 that's one of the scriptures that has really encouraged me to use my words and use my words intentionally and powerfully hebrews 11 verse 3 um, says give me a second i'll find it By faith, I'm reading the HCSB, HCSB. Um, so it says, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by God's command so that what is seen has been made from what from things that are not visible. One of the versions I really like of this particular verse is from the Passion Translation. And it says, faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. I remember also, as I was thinking, of tonight's topic and the reason I'm talking about it in line with it being a fundamental for us as believers is that believers are word people and we must never forget that we must never forget that as believers we are word people and you know we have Jesus as an example to look to but I remember something my sister said to me when I was single and I was waiting to get married I remember her saying to me that there is nothing 
that you see in the physical that has not already been settled in the spiritual. And she used to say it over and over. And initially I was just like, okay, I hear you. But then eventually something registered in my head that there are two realms. There's the realm that we live in, this earth realm. And then there is a spiritual realm. And that as believers, we are first spirit. How do we know this? If you go back to the scripture I was referring to in Genesis chapter 1. If we go back to Genesis chapter 1 in verse 1, it says, let me open Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and he called the darkness night. Everything came and then evening came, sorry, evening came and then morning the first day. One of the things that I even noted in Genesis chapter one is that 10 times the Bible says, then God said, then God said, and after he said, something always happened. Meaning every time you say something, especially when you say something about yourself, about your reality, about your family, about your career, about your desire for marriage, about your children, about your husband, your wife, every time you say something, something happens. Because the Bible says, then God said, this is verse three, and I'm using the HCSB again. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, and there was. God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. And then he even gave it a name. He called the light day, and he called the darkness night. But he says that everything that was created was almost first created in spirit before it then became flesh. And how do I know this, especially for us as believers who are spiritual? If you go into Genesis chapter one, verses 26, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness, they will rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule, rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. So in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, it tells us that God created man. God created man. That man was a spirit. That man was a spirit. And that's a spirit. And that's something that we must never forget. That man was first created as spirit. Before you then see the container that you we now all see day to day and think that this is the totality of life. The man that was created in Genesis 1 was a spirit. When we go into Genesis chapter two, and the reason I'm saying this, it comes back to our topic, which is that we're part of a kingdom of words. It was only after God created man. So he spoke man into being. Um, if you look at everything else that God had said, he said, then God said, let us, meaning he used his words to create man. We now go into Genesis chapter two. And if you read verse 
verse 7, then God, then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and the man became a living being. The man became a living being. He wasn't a living being before that. He, he wasn't flesh and blood as you see. Like God had to take that spirit and put it inside a container so that that, that man could now operate on the earth. So it says that if we read the Amplified of Genesis 2 verse 7, it says, then the Lord God formed, that is, created the body of the man from the dust of the ground so what was in what was man before that body he was spirit so we are spirit beings and the realm that we operate from is a spiritual realm before it is this physical realm if we focus so much on all that we see and hear every single day in this realm we might think that this, this is all that there is to life. And you know, the sad reality is that many that don't know God think that this is all that there is to life. But we know as believers, reading the word of God, that this isn't all that there is to life. But that what happens to us in this realm is part and parcel of whatever we have pulled from a different realm, that spirit realm. And how do we pull it into this realm? By our words. By our words. We have to bring into our reality on this realm the things that have been said by God, the things that are already given to us and made available to us through Christ Jesus. So we belong to a kingdom of words. Jesus was consistent in his words. Jesus was God revealed to man, like God revealed himself to man by sending us Jesus so that we could see God in, in literally in human form. And Jesus would say, and this needs to happen. And this is what he's going to do. And this, and he, and everything he was saying happened. He said to Peter once, you know, they had come to the, the Pharisees or the rulers of the temple had come to Peter and they had said to him, why do you and your master pay temple tax? And Peter was like, yeah, we pay temple tax. They used to tax them a lot at that point in time. And then, you know, when Peter got to Jesus, Jesus says, oh, well, I hear that we're supposed to pay temple tax. And Jesus wasn't phased. So he then said to Peter, you know what? He said, go, go and throw your hook into the river. The first fish you catch will have a coin in its mouth. It will be enough for you and I. There was enough for not just Jesus, but Jesus and Peter. When God gives something, he doesn't just give enough. He always gives more than enough. He's always in the business of more than enough. How do we know this? The story of the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. Jesus used five loaves of bread, two fish. And when he had fed 5,000 people, they said they had 12 baskets remaining, I think. And, you know, when you think about that, but, um, hello, there were only five loaves of bread and two fish. But the point is that Jesus would speak and things would come into play. As Christians and as believers, it's really important that we watch what we say. Because everything that we are saying is creating something if we look back at our text in genesis chapter one and then god said let there be light and there was light 
And God said, let the fish be like this. And the fish was exactly like that. Let the sky be this way. Let the sun and moon be here. And everything was exactly as he said. Could the reason be that, could the reason your life is the way that it is today be because you haven't really paid attention to what you are saying? Have you been saying you struggle financially, but you keep saying I'm broke? When people ask you, how are you doing? How are you doing financially? You keep telling them I don't have. One of the things I started changing when it came to myself, especially when it came to my finances, was I kept saying I have. I live in a constant state of abundance. My bank accounts receive alerts every single day. I believe in the words that I say, that every time I say it, something is happening. And you know, one of the questions that people tend to ask when we get to this point is, well, if we belong to a kingdom of words, well, I've been saying things and I haven't seen the manifestation of what I've been saying. Here is what I want you to remember. First of all, the Bible says that with God, a day is like a thousand years. So for all we know, when it says the first day, it could have been a thousand years. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying that with God, time is collapsed with God. So what we see is what could happen with God. A thousand years, he collapsed it into one day. And it was such that light suddenly appeared instantaneously. There is that place. But if you look at the story of Jesus, and if you look at all that Jesus did, there would be people that he would heal and the healing would be instantaneous. And then there would be people like the blind man that he took and he literally spat and touched the man's eyes. And he says, what can you see? And the man said, I see men like trees. And then Jesus touched him a second time and the man could see distinctly. That's what the Bible says. The first thing I want you to know is that you have to keep speaking even though you might not see things immediately because maybe things are like trees initially. That's the first thing I want you to know and the first thing I want you to remember. The second thing I want you to remember is that when you were creating your life, and remember I said that everything we're saying is creating something. When we come into a consciousness that, oh, we're supposed to now be using our words to create something, we start speaking and then we're literally checking every few minutes. Oh, did what I say come to pass? Did what I say come to pass? And when it doesn't come to pass, we become discouraged. But you have to remember that if, for example, you're about 30 years old and you came into that reality at age 29, you've had 29 years of creating a reality. You've literally put foundations to the house that you were building with your words. You've literally put walls and windows and doors, put a roof over it. You've created something. You now come into this next phase and you're like, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. I want what God wants for me. I'm going to start speaking it. Some things might come immediately, depending on where you are in your work. God tends to, and this is really funny, but God tends to treat babies almost with kids' gloves than the way he treats more mature children. So maybe at the beginning, you're like, God, I need 5,000 pounds because my school fees are 5,000 and they need to be paid in immediately. And he responds, you, you make that declaration, you say that thing. And within like 24 hours, someone just miraculously remembers you and sends you the school fees money and job done. 
then you start going on your walk with God and you're literally growing. And as you're growing, you realize that you're declaring. And the things you're declaring, things are not as quick. They're not at the snap of a finger. Why? Because most times we keep treating ourselves like babies when God now sees us maybe as teenagers. And, you know, we keep thinking we're still toddlers. We're still finding our way. And God is like, no, you know a lot more. At this point in time, I'm not the one coming to do these things for you. At this point in time, I am expecting you to do this thing yourself. So I'm expecting you to change this reality. So when Jesus would speak to his disciples, he said to them, and now I'm sending you out, go and heal the sick. It, it wasn't Jesus that was healing the sick. It was them. They came back. They said, the, the, even demons were subject to us. They weren't subject to anybody else. They were subject to us. Us, the ones that actually said to the demons, get out. Meaning that there is a graduation at some point, you will stop being the one that's collecting and now be the one that's dispensing. And as a result, even when you are speaking now as a dispenser, things might happen quickly and things might not. But because you have graduated, you have to recognize that you are still building. It doesn't matter whether you see the reality or not. Do you know there are times when I've given words, I've said a word in our, in our early morning prayer and I would be like, well, nobody responded. Maybe I didn't, maybe it wasn't a word that was meant to be spoken into this room. And then someone sends me an email afterwards saying the word that you said was exactly for me. Everything, we belong to a kingdom of words. Everything we're saying is building something. So the first thing you must remember is that, yes, you might have spoken and sometimes the results can be instantaneous, but sometimes it won't. And that you have had years of building the wrong thing. When you start speaking, you are building something new. And you can't build a house in one day. So rather than giving up on the journey and living an uncompleted building with your words, complete the building. Keep speaking till you see the reality of what you are saying. You know, one of the things that the Holy Spirit chastised me about a few months ago was that I had been declaring in a particular area. And he said to me that, do you know, because you weren't seeing results, you stopped. But do you know how much further along this thing that you're declaring would have been if you hadn't stopped speaking? And that was my the only encouragement I needed. I went back to speaking his reality. And how do we speak this reality? Through the word of God. You can't just speak your desires. When we're creating, when God was saying, let there be light, you know, Jesus gives us an insight into what happened when God said, let there be light and there was light. Because the Bible says, and God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus says in Matthew 6, when the disciples ask him, teach us how to pray, and he's teaching them what is now known as the Lord's Prayer. He says to them, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, meaning that there is a reality in heaven and we need that reality to be translated into the earth. So everything Jesus was doing was thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As I see my father doing, so I do. But his father was not present on earth. So what was Jesus doing? He was doing what was already in heaven. So where do we get what is already in heaven? Through the word of God. You can't get away from reading your Bible. 
You can't get away from spending time in the word of God, meditating on it, asking the Holy Spirit to give you understanding and revelation, that the eyes of your understanding are enlightened, that you recognize what is inside the scriptures for you as a believer. Because when you start to speak, if you only speak your desires, the angels do the bidding of his word. They don't do the bidding of what I just feel like saying. So I train my mouth to speak according to the word. So whether I say that I need resources and I'm declaring that I need maybe a specific amount of money, I'm declaring what the word already says, that all my needs are met in Christ Jesus according to his riches and glory, not according to the state of my bank account. I'm at that point in my walk with God where literally as I'm speaking, I'm consciously saying, this is what I want to see. You know, in this kingdom, because it is a kingdom of words, we say it before we see it. We don't wait to see it and then we see it. What is the purpose of that? There's no faith for that. We say and then we see. That's how this kingdom works. And it's a fundamental that we must understand as believers. So that that way we don't keep waiting to see. Because Jesus kept saying, look at this evil generation. You are waiting for a sign before you will believe. No, you believe first, then you see the signs. That's why we're called believers. He says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will do X, Y, and Z. They will take, upon, they will take within them poisonous things and it will, it will not harm, harm them. But he called them those who believe, meaning it is as they believe that signs begin to follow. But you must believe first. And what do you believe? You believe the word of God. You believe what he has said in his word. And then you say what he has said in his word. If his word says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that is what I'm going to say every single day of my life. If his word says that I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, then I am seated. I declare it every day. I am seated with Christ, with Christ in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. All of nature is subject to me. Why? Because in Genesis 1, when God created man, which is the original template for man, he created man that everything on earth would be subject to man. So as far as I'm concerned now, when I speak, I say all things are subject to me. The elements of this world are subject to me. The earth yields its increase to me because it has no choice but to produce increase for me. One of the things that we do in our early morning prayers that I do is that we declare at every session. We speak his word. The reason we're declaring is because we know that we belong to a kingdom of words. If we don't say it, we're not going to see it. So we declare things like my, 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 my body is healthy. My body is the temple of the living God. And in this temple, there is no sickness or disease. And people be like, yeah, but my body is still sick. That's not my reality. My reality is the one that is in heaven. That Jesus said, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And the only way to pull it into this realm is through the words of your mouth. You must speak it. Because the angels will literally fold their hands. They are angels waiting to do the bidding of God's word. But they have to hear the word. You, they have to hear the word. You have to speak the word to them. And then as this, you speak the word, they take the word and run with it. It's a reality. You, every day of your life, you must be speaking what God has said. 
in his word? What has Jesus made you aware of through his own life here on earth? What have the apostles written for you in the, in the epistles? What did Paul write that makes you know that this is now true? You know, yesterday somebody was saying something. I had a, I was on a live, I was on a call. I had a speaking engagement and I was speaking to a group of single people, mixed group, like male, female, white, black, different nationalities, um, and I remember that there was somebody that I mentioned about how, you know, as that one of the things that affects, it was talking, the topic was preparing while waiting. So while waiting for marriage. And the one of the people spoke and said about how, you know, people are not unaware of spirit spouses. If you've never heard the word spirit husband, spirit wife, excuse me, it's a thing in the Christian body, particularly in the African Christian christian community is more prevalent prevalent there and the person was talking about how this these these beings because they're demons how these beings have wrecked people and you know that people have to pay attention to them people have to cancel bloodlines and ancestral altars and all of these things and if 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 people on my whatsapp stories kind of got an earful about it today because i wrote about it on my whatsapp stories but I remember the host then turning to me and saying to me, so what do I say about this? I said, I'm not discounting that there are demons. I'm not discounting that the demonic is real. The same way that God is real is the same way that demons are real. But here's what I also know. First of all, I know that God and demons are not mates. God is not their mates. They are all fallen angels and angels do the bidding of God's word. They just decided that they weren't going to do his bidding. And since they weren't going to do his bidding, he sent an angel. He did not get up from his throne because God doesn't get up from his throne. He didn't get up from his throne, but literally sent an angel and God's angel, Michael, to toss them out. And literally a third of the angels went. And those angels are now the ones we call demons. Um, and this is not a demonology class. Don't get me wrong. But then I said, the more importantly, I don't give them time of day because here's what I know. I know that Galatians 3.13 tells me that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us because it says cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So as far as I'm concerned, there is no curse that is attached to me. But more importantly, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, and that anyone who is now in Christ is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. When I came into Christ Jesus, I became a brand new person. It also says that when you are united with Christ, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. I was speaking a reality. And I was speaking a reality, not just for myself, what I know, but I was speaking a reality for the people on that call who needed the release of the word of God. What I've done is now created a reality for them that by God's grace, some of them are now desiring and they're literally going to open their scriptures and say, you know what? This is who I am. And because of that, no spirit spouse can attach to me because to attach to me is to attach to Christ. And Christ has plundered hell and has made all of the, an open show of all of them. They cannot stand before Christ. If you read the scriptures, every time Jesus showed up, the demons would literally be like, the son of God, what do you want with us? What do you want with us? Because they knew that his presence was judgment for them. So it's really important that you know who you are and you speak who you are because you belong to a kingdom of words. In this kingdom, for us to see what God is planning and doing is not just to know that it is happening in the spirit realm is to also then bring it into this realm with our words 
the, the Bible says that the highest heavens belong to our God, but the earth he has given to the children of men. We are the children of men. He has ceded authority, but he's saying, partner with me and let me invade earth through you by your words, by you being a carrier of my presence, by you taking the Holy Spirit everywhere that you go. So if there's anything that I want you to take away from this Bible study is watch what you say. Watch what you say, because what you are saying is creating something. And if you catch yourself saying something that you shouldn't say, correct yourself. It's not difficult. Don't stay stuck in, oh, I said it, oh my goodness. This is not even a repenting matter. It's more a changing what you have said. So if you literally say, well, I'm broke, you don't say, no, actually, I'm not broke. I have all things. The Lord has provided for me. Abundance is mine. I literally live in a constant state of abundance. Kings are coming to my light. And as they're coming, they're bringing the wealth of many lands onto me. You've just rewritten the story. You used your words to rewrite what you, what you, it's almost like canceling out something and taking an eraser to it. But more than taking an eraser to it, which is not quite accurate. You're literally building something brand new and saying, you know what? I don't want to live in a flat anymore. I now want to live in a mansion. And my words are moving me from flat to mansion. I pray that this word encourages you to speak so that you can see. To speak. If, for example, and it's one of the things that I, I, I'm looking to teach the single women that are in my community, I want to teach them the power of words and how they can begin to speak themselves into the marriage that they so desire. Because many are praying and fasting, but they're not speaking. And that's a missing link. It's a missing link. Jesus spoke a lot. He didn't just pray. He spoke and his words created things. He spoke. He spoke to his disciples and told them how he would die. He was speaking into reality what was already written in the scriptures. As believers, speak so that you can see. God bless you. I pray that this word becomes a burning fire in your bones that sets you on fire to speak the word of God over your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.